Welcome back to the T3 Family Podcast, where we are equipping families to thrive. Welcome to the T3 Family Podcast. Um, today, uh, uh, it's myself, Clayton Corver, uh, with Uncle Carl, as he's affectionately known by everybody. Um, uh, I think you may, at some point in time, utter the words of Little John from Robin Hood, uh, who's driving this flying umbrella? Well, it's Carl and I, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but we want to continue to build on the last conversation on faith over fear. And uh, as we've kind of prepared, um, today's pretty simple. Uh, we think that... Uh, in knowing, we really can't help you decide faith over fear. That's something that you have to decide with God. So you're a, how you think of him, who you think God is, is going to dictate what you choose. And so I think to begin, we're just going to talk about our own perspectives, how they've grown and shifted. And we're going to tell some stories because mm-hmm. who doesn't love a good story? Um, so actually, Carl, I'll kick it to you first. That's okay. Yeah. Just um, as you think of A.W. Tozer, what you think about God's the most important thing about you, um, how has your perspective of who God is um, changed over life, and how does it play into choosing faith over yeah. fear? First of all, just a plug for uh, our freedom class that we've had here, over 500 have attended. Going back to what Clayton said, your approach to God determines your level of fear, anxiety, and how you live with faith and hope or with anxiety. The class is all about the heart, understanding God's heart for you, and then your love relationship with him. So if you are really struggling with fear and anxiety, it's one option we have for a third that you can plug into to grow in your love relationship with him. I think for me, for my growth, um, living in a church my whole life, um, you become kind of duty oriented. And so to me, the joy in the last really 10 to 15 years has been into a love relationship where I delight in wanting to be with the Lord. Um, I'm getting rid of checklists and being more with him and with people. And so to me, uh, those of us who've been in the church our whole lives, it's a really tricky um, fence that we walk on as far as um, trying to just be good and be dutiful versus loving and loving well. Hmm. And I think if we do that, it helps us to walk in that tension of grace and truth. Um, Oftentimes we in the church, we're heavy on truth, but not the grace. And like Brother Kevin's mentioned in the sermons, it's really hard but joy-filled to walk in grace and truth at the same time. So shifting a little bit, as far as my own personal uh, walk, mine started at age three. I was on pastoral care at age three with my father. (laughs) Uh, My mom wanted to get me out of the house, so I'd go on pastoral care calls. And I saw already at a young age, death, and resurrection hope in my father, and being with people in the hospital. So I think one thing with anxiety and fear that we have is we don't look at life realistically. Uh, the Ecclesiastes sermon that, that our pastors are all doing right now, we're all going to die. So how do we live in this day at this time hmm. with one eye looking towards the future? So I think, number one, how we approach God. Number two, being realistic about life is just huge. And so um, to me, that, that's been very helpful for me throughout the years. And I get, I've been ingrained in that uh, from age three on. And now, actually, 60 years later, I'm back on pastoral care team. So interesting how God works. Mm, full circle. Come back around. Yeah. Nice, Carl. Yeah. And just uh, curious, just so people know, freedom, uh, just, um, I think you, you probably have lots of great stories from freedom, things that you've seen, experienced. Uh, um, share a good story around, uh, I'm sure you know, be careful with names and things like that, but uh, what have you seen freedom do for people? Um, just last night, one of our freedom classes, a gentleman came up to me, we're dealing with uh, shame and guilt. And he said, and this gentleman's older than me, actually, and he said, I've never realized until just now that I have shame passed on by my father unintentionally. Hmm. 
and I've got to deal with that before I can move forward in mm-hmm. my faith walk. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest comments we get from people um, from Freedom is, why haven't I heard this before? Mm-hmm. Um, it is a almost a Tom Sawyer, simple but deep view of, of God. And I think the biggest thing I see is people's hearts. Um, the gentleman who leads this, Pastor Chris Hodges, uh, he, he's on three of the videos. He shares it's always a matter of the heart. Hmm. And we think it's a matter of circumstances. It's a matter of um, our spouse, or other people. And he goes, no, 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 no. It's always a matter of the heart. And so people really do a heart check. And then from there, I think they can move on to other classes or groups or spiritual growth because it's always a matter of the heart. Yeah. Thanks, Carl. Um, I'm thinking about my own, I guess, uh, approach to God, who I think God is, because I have grown up in a similar home that you did um, from a long line of uh, pastors and uncles who are pastors, now cousins who are pastors. And so um, knowing the right answers, but then I guess kind of doing those things myself. And one of the things I've been struck by recently um, is uh, uh, I can be a really patient person um, uh, because of the hope that we have hope for the future, um, I can be patient in the moment. And uh, if, you know, I just listened to a podcast recently where the person said eternal life, according to Jesus, the only place it's really defined is just, it's just knowing God. Mm. So here we are in eternal life already. And what a, what a freeing idea, I guess. Um, That's right. Our, our, our perspective can be really long, which can help us be less anxious in the present. And just like the series has been, Enjoy the moments. Yeah, um, you can enjoy every moment. There's a time for everything. The teacher says, um, and in each moment, you actually can find good things, regardless of if it's good or bad. Along with that, too, um, the the thing God promises us, going back to John 14, I think it is two things: <clears throat> lots of problems, suffering, and trials, and His presence. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's the promises, we can walk into that with joy, with the fruit of the Holy Spirit within us. But it's not going to be a Disneyland in, in our culture. The Western culture, United States Christianity is is really not biblical in many, many ways as far as how, how we view life. Mm-hmm. And so um, Jesus is our example. Yeah. A man acquainted with grief, but a lot of joy. Right. No place to lay his head, but had a home everywhere. Right. And so we've got to follow, uh, emulate him. Yeah. One of my mentors, Andrew Schmidt, uh, we were talking about Sabbath a lot right now in church and, uh, we're trying to change some of our thoughts around Sabbath and, uh, like even like the duration of how long a Sabbath should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would oftentimes talk about just, we're actually, we're doing it in services, Sabbath moments, just take moments to reconnect with God it will help us to flourish. But in those moments, we actually can receive new life. And that's what Sabbath is. It's just, it's new life for today. Um, it's new life for the days to come. Um, so I would just, I would say, uh, we'll have a passage at the end too, but, uh, I would just encourage you if you're just listening, this won't be a really long podcast. Uh, maybe just take a moment and pause and, uh, just be still and just know that God is God and, uh, you can trust him. So as we move on. Um, uh, we're going to take a look at a book because um, we're gonna sh- we just want to share stories. We, 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 we can talk about things all we want, but we seem to gravitate towards stories. And so the stories come from this book called God on Mute, which Carl has uh, led a bunch of people through. We had a large event, um, and now there's, uh, I think, a, an ongoing Sunday morning class around this book. Um, but uh, it's um, 
a look at the times when you feel like God is, is muted. Uh, so we're going to read stories, but Carl, just also real quick, a plug for one, reading the book or reading your cliff notes of the book, or uh, if there is interest, how would they get connected to you to, to learn more about it? <clears throat> one thing we've done uh, as a staff, we, we broke down the book into like 42 pages of just the key points. But um, that's for people who read more like me than Brother Kevin. <laughs> and so the key points are there. The only thing missing is we refer you to stories. So I would suggest you start with that. And we have those available if you'd like to grab one of those. Um, so that's the first thing. And if you like it, then please get the book. It's all by Pete Craig, tidying the scriptures everywhere. Um, a deep perspective on uh, joy in spite of suffering, on God's goodness, his strength and power all mixed together into the mysteries of life. So that's an option. Um, we are going to have an ongoing class probably every semester. Right now we have 20 people going through it. And uh, it's really rich because the people going through it have suffered much more than I have. So basically uh, their stories are resonating with the class, with each other, uh, tying into God's faithfulness and goodness and power and strength in spite of the mystery of life. So those are some opportunities for you. So it's in my office if you want to drop by and get a copy of that. Um, and I just challenge you, for me, I've been through it five times. Now it's finally sinking in. It takes me time to go over it again and again and again. Um, people think at first it's a discouraging book. It's hope-filled because mm -hmm. it's life. Mm -hmm. It's reality and how our God works in and through reality, uh, not the non-reality of our culture right now. Yeah. So it's an honest look at life. And if, even if, they, if they're not sure about a group setting, I've heard you mention before, I'm not sure if this is happening or not, but uh, the opportunity for maybe like a more of a one-on-one -on -one mentorship opportunity. Is that possible? Yeah, too? I've had a couple um, people have taken it on their own and they're just meeting with one or two other people. Mm -hmm. A couple spouses are doing it just together. Uh, it stirs up discussion. Um, there are 15 reasons he gives why we think prayers aren't answered. And he deals with those. Uh, and it mentions God's on mute. Some can argue, well, God's never on mute. Well, that may be, but do we hear him? So the question is, are we hearing God's voice? <laughs> I would also argue that from the Old and New Testament, God was on mute for 400 years. So uh, to me, that, that's a sidebar. Uh, the key thing is we question, we lament, we wonder, and God is fine with that. But where do we find God in the darkness? And how do we have a deep, deep, darker faith um, to withstand the storms of life with hope and with joy? And with, like Clay said earlier, with one eye on eternity while we're living here right now. So I think it's a great opportunity for, for personal growth and for depth, whether it's you by yourself with a couple of people or the classes that we offer. All right. Yes, Carl. Uh, so what we're going to do is I, I'm going to read a story. It's one that I've resonated with because I've, I've read this book as well. And then I think you're going to read a story as well. And uh, I guess we ask you just to, uh, we hear stories uh, their life is different than yours, but maybe find yourself in the story a little bit and, and listen to their wrestle and their perspective. And we hope that it uh, encourages you, I think, both of them. So we're just going to read an excerpt. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, and just at, maybe ask you to pause again and just think about the story. Maybe jot down some stuff from your own story. And uh, yeah, we hope it blesses you. So this is a story actually on page 98 of God on Mute. It's one of my favorites. The author, Pete Gregg, is with a friend of his, and they go surfing. And they call their surfing times board meetings. So that's why you hear that word. Here's the story. I drove home from one of these board meetings with my good buddy, Mike, a guy who looks so much like Buzz Lightyear that he could, in my opinion, should make a fortune at children's parties. More importantly, Mike is almost certainly the nicest person to exist since Jesus. I'm sure you know some nice people, but I guarantee you that Mike could outnice them all, and he wouldn't even know that he had done him. In spite of his niceness, Mike and his wife, Joe, have not had an easy ride over the past few years. 
Their daughter Lucy was born with a profound physical disability, which means that she will almost certainly never walk. In her first three years, her little body endured four major operations. Mike and Joe were only beginning to come to terms with the emotional and practical challenges of the situation when the leaders of their church had a disagreement that gradually led to their community falling apart. Understandably, Mike and Joe felt sad and angry, unsure even of who to blame. Around this time, Mike's hips began aching and at the age of just 32, he was diagnosed with degenerative, ar- degenerative arthritis. To make matters worse, Mike is an outdoor pursuits instructor whose job involves hiking, cycling, climbing, canoeing, and sailing. What would this diagnosis mean for his career and, and their future? On top of all these difficulties, I knew that Mike and Joe were desperate to relocate and had been praying like crazy without success for their house to sell. How on earth do you cope with it all? I asked Mike as we drove slalom through the rain down the narrow winding lanes of Dorset. With what? He asked. You know, the church, the house, Lucy's condition, your arthritis. Oh, that, he laughed. Um, I'm not sure that I do cope. Yeah, but how do you make sense of it all, Mike? Where does it leave you and God? He went quiet. The wipers swept rain from the windscreen. And then Mike, looking more like Buzz Lightyear than ever before, cleared his throat and said something very simple and and very profound. I guess I've realized that life is fundamentally tough. He glanced at me and grinned. God's good and faithful. But life can really be a bitch, can it? That's in the book. That's in the the book. book. That was not my word. I chuckled and Mike drove on in silence. I guess he continued, eventually, speaking slowly, as if he was laboriously pulling thoughts from a swamp. I guess I used to think that I had some kind of divine right to happiness. I mean, obviously I knew there was going to be the occasional rough patch, but to be honest with you, these days I find it easier to just accept that life's tough, like they did hundreds of years ago before penicillin and flushing toilets, than to feel sort of hard done as if I'd been robbed. Why blame God for stuff that's just the reality of life on a messed up planet? Am I making sense, Pete? I nodded. I knew exactly what he meant. Some words aren't cheap. So I think the reason why that story, and I apologize if you found the word offensive, but it was in the story and I feel like you got to say it, is that uh, uh, I appreciate, like Ecclesiastes, the honest look at life. And that is life. But it seems to me that his, recon- his recognizing of this life has freed him up to be a person of great joy and great happiness and enjoying moments. Um, and so I found that story uh, really encouraging. I probably told that story to a lot of people. Um, and uh, um, I hope it encourages our listeners as maybe life is really good right now. And maybe life is not. I don't know. Um, but we honestly look at life. We're trying to decide between faith and fear. The honesty helps us choose faith. So that's a story I like. Think along with that, Clay. It's almost like you're in a, a river that's flowing downstream. And if you don't accept that life is difficult and hard, you're thrashing and fighting to go upstream hmm. versus being in the current of life as it is. Not fate, faith, but going with the current instead of thrashing and fighting with what is normal of life, difficulties, challenges, trials, sufferings, along with joy and peace and happiness, everything else. So to me, it's just a good reminder, (sighs) deep breath and Mm -hmm. enter life. That's right. Be still. Yeah. And know that I am God. Yeah. Yeah. 
So good call. Stories that I have are real short ones. Uh, the first one is um, dealing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you recall. They're the Israelites who were in Babylon, and they wouldn't bow down to the king's idol. And the first part they say, which is quite simple, Oh, king, we will not bow down to you. Our God will save us. That's simple faith. But then they say, and even if he doesn't save us, we still won't bow down, and we worship him to our death. So here's some excerpts from that as far as reflections from the author. Living as we do in the space between the fall and the resurrection, acknowledging both the terrible afflictions of life and the miracle-working power of prayer, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego reminds us to believe in God even more than we believe in miracles. Let me say that again. Believing in God more than we believe in miracles. Like these three men, we trust that the God we serve is able to save us. And we insist on the possibility of miracles but to such faith, we add faithfulness so that even if our brave words fall flat, even if our prayers are not answered the way we want, we are plunged into the fiery furnace of suffering, we will still trust God. The other story is a beautiful story that makes me feel so immature in my faith. A lady named Margaret Lee, fair-skinned, shy and gentle, yet had a determination and a twinkle in her eye, even though she was serious about her faith. She had been diagnosed with throat cancer. Her life had been difficult all the way through life, but now it was really getting difficult. She could not swallow. They decided to remove the tube from her throat. She said this, I'm not scared of dying, but I get scared about the complications, how I will die. Many people came to visit her, and when they did, they'd say, oh, how sad, how tough life is. You've had a tough life, and now this, this is the worst thing imaginable. Margaret soon got used to this well-meaning assessment but she put her response on a piece of scrap paper since she couldn't talk anymore. It's one of the most courageous declarations of faith in Jesus that I've ever seen. This is what it said. This is not the worst thing to ever happen. Cancer is so limited. It cannot cripple love, shatter hope, corrode faith, eat away peace, destroy confidence, kill friendships, shut out memories, silence courage, quench the Holy Spirit, or lessen the power of Jesus. Wow. Isn't that extraordinary? Cancer was strangling her, but she listed its limitations. Is it not true that our prayers for ourselves are almost always entirely aimed at getting rid of negativity at any cost, rather than praying that the negative be faced with the proper attitude? It's amazing to me, another part of the book, it mentions this. So often we want God to airlift us out of our problems. Instead, he parachutes to come in with us. So I hope those stories in some way can resonate with you, to give you hope when there's feeling hopelessness, to realize that the answer is not our earthly answers, but the, it's the answerer with a capital A. So again, we hope that these stories were helpful. Yeah. Let's conclude, conclude with two things that, that Jesus said. Um, have struck me recently. Uh, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Carl and I have talked about this. Uh, he concludes the sermon by saying that those who listen to his words and what he said and uh, um, obey them are like those who stand, have built their house on the rock. And those who don't have built their house on sand. And when storms of life come, it, it, it just is destroyed. And so I've always, in my mind, I've always imagined that the person on the rock is like standing defiantly, raging against the storm. You know what I mean? Like big and strong, like planted. But I don't, 
I just feel like maybe for someone who's listening at different times, uh, I would just say it's okay just to sit on the rock. And sometimes the rains and the storms of life feel really hard and heavy and you have to sit and it's okay to sit because when you sit, you can still, you can really feel the rock. More of your body is actually attached to it and you can just sense his presence. So I would just say that to you, to anyone who's listening, who, um, the storms of life are, are really raging right now. Just sit on the rock and just rest. And then we conclude with some words that Jesus told his disciples after he let them know that uh, he wasn't going to be around a whole lot longer. He said, I've told you all these things so that in me, you may have peace. And what's peace? Just his presence. In this world, you'll have trouble. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So today we bless you in Jesus' name that you would experience his love and his goodness and his kindness. Um, just his favor and his presence today. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this T3 Family Podcast. 